He has a nose for news and a face for radio. You're listening to Price's Highway, the podcast with your host, Steve Price. Buckle up, Spring Hill Metroplex, and enjoy the ride. Welcome to Price's Highway, the podcast. Thank you so much for joining the big show today. This is a program where we highlight the people, places, and events happening right here in the Spring Hill Thompson Station area and beyond. And this is the portion of the show where I usually attempt a bit of comedy. However, the subject matter we're about to cover is really no laughing matter, so we'll just get right to it. You know, there are a lot of our neighbors that have hit hard times and need a lifeline to feed themselves and their families. The Well Outreach in Spring Hill is a food ministry that provides just that. In fact, they assisted in feeding 1,300 families in August. Learn all about this incredible organization from CEO Shelley Sasson and board member Hillary Hollingsworth. You'll hear all about their pillars of service, two big events you'll want to be a part of, and their new food pantry coming to Mount Pleasant. So hop in and we'll take a ride to the Well Outreach. Let's go. Shelly and Hillary, thank you so much for inviting me down here to the well, and it's so great to see you both. Oh, thank you for coming. We're so glad you're here. Definitely. So tell us the origin story of the well. Wow, that's a good question. The well has actually been in our community for a long time. Uh, The well started off at Wellspring Christian Church a long time ago, back in 2006. At that time, the city of Spring Hill had 11,000 residents. Fast forward to the last couple of years, you know, we're voted, what, the 10th or 14th fastest growing uh, city in the nation. So 11,000 residents, and it started off in response to the needs of that church, feeding their own church members, um, helping families in crisis through like a benevolence kind of plan. And then as the city started to grow, others from outside of the community started coming in. And I always joke because it was literally like a closet in the church with food. And so now... Um, you know, are a much different organization. And so here we are all the way up to 2019. Um, Our board of directors knew as the city was growing, the needs of the community were growing and that they needed to do something different. And so at that time, they decided to bring on one full-time person, had been run by hundreds of volunteers and maybe two part-time people all those other previous years. And so um, I was brought on in 2019, and I was the first and only full-time person. I remember I went down that first day, and I looked at the front window of the door after my part-time trainee had left, and I thought, oh, what have I done? This organization is only open 12 hours a week. And my background, I'd been a business um, woman. I owned three um, businesses. One of them was a million-dollar business, and also in church staff, and so... Um, I found out that God can call and use a businesswoman to do this work. So anyways, here we are today, uh, 2023. We've made it through COVID. We're in a much larger building here on Main Street and um, serving some pretty big numbers. We're very blessed to do this work. And what makes you all different than, you know, a a pantry you might see, say, in Nashville or anywhere in America? Well, and I think one point of distinction is that we really try to stay with a focus on food. It's very easy to do other things, but we are really food experts. And um, we partner with organizations like Second Harvest Food Bank. Um, But we do that. And um, because of that, we've in focusing on food, we have an opportunity to do things in a way that Christ would do things. We are a Christian um, organization. Um, where We turned a 501c3 back in 2009, and our mission statement is to be the hands and feet of Christ by walking alongside those in crisis and helping spiritually, emotionally, and physically. So every opportunity we have, we have the opportunity to offer kinship, 
to walk alongside families, to walk alongside individuals, offer companionship, love, grace, and honor. And um, I think that's the biggest thing. I always say here now, um, people think we give away food. Our goal is to give away hope. And when you have that as your mission or the drive behind an organization, everything is colored a little differently. And Hillary, uh, you have a background in this as well, don't you? I do. Tell us a little bit about your background. So yeah, um, during COVID, I lived in West Tennessee, my family and I, and we had a nonprofit called Lauderdale Life where we did something similar. It was with food. Um, we partnered with a hospital system, made food fresh every day. They were so gracious to cook the food for us in the kitchen. And then we organized um, teams to go out and actually deliver the food um, at lunchtime or at dinner to shut-ins or, or people who really couldn't get out because they had health concerns. They really couldn't afford, you know, with their health to go to the grocery store or go pick things up. So it was just a great uh, ministry of love in that community. Didn't you also tell me that there was transportation issues within that community and you'd have people come to get the meals yeah. on what? Yeah, so there was major <laughs> transportation. This community um, was very low um, income earners. We would have people to come up to the ER doors of this hospital on their lawnmowers. I mean, this, this community was very much in need um, for a lot of things, you know, with their school systems, with food, but COVID hit this community really, really hard because of their um, income levels and they just really needed that extra support from us. So now you're here. So now I'm here. Yeah. And you've been a board member since April? Since April. Yes. <laughs> so tell us about uh, just some of the services you provide. Well, the well is really situated in four different areas, still all kind of focused on foods. Um, the first one, is, or food support, the first one is our food pantry. And that's what most people know us for. It's right on Main Street. Um, and our food pantry is set up as uh, what we call an open shop client choice model. And so as you come into the front lobby, you're greeted by a receptionist. All of the paperwork is done on iPads. We always say efficiency is a way of showing dignity and honor and respect. Um, after they've checked in our guests, and we do call them guests, not clients, because we want to treat them like a guest. Our guests are invited back to our welcome room. The welcome room is an opportunity where they can close the door, let their shoulders rest a little bit, you know, have a, a, a moment of quiet and someone seeing and acknowledging them and share the reason why they're there. And so we're there to be um, listeners and to offer love and support. Um, and then at the end of that, we always ask three questions. How are you doing? What can we do for you? And what can we pray for you about? And so we always try to end um, that welcome room experience uh, with a prayer. Our guests would then go back into the food pantry and we're set up like a client choice, kind of like Brad Paisley's free store in downtown Nashville. They got a lot of publicity for that. And we're so thankful that we're working along with them. In fact, they came out here and we, we've met together. But our um, food pantry is set up as a client choice model, which means that as our guests shop through the pantry, they're escorted by a personal shopper that helps them, but they get to pick the food that's going to help their family the most. Um, and they get to get food that's important for their family. So they would go through that, pick out their food. They have a lot of choices. Um, they're usually going to leave with 80 to 100 pounds of food. So it's about a week's groceries. Um, we bag the food for them, and then they would um, go out. The other unique thing about our food ministry that is different than other food ministries is that we're open during the day during the evening and during the weekend. And most food, food ministries are only open during the day and there's a huge gap they're missing for that working poor that are working hourly jobs often during the day and 
they it isn't enough um, income to really where they maybe wouldn't qualify for food stamps or something. But if there's one small crisis, they're going to dip below, you know, the income level. And so we're open during the day, during the evening, and then weekend to help support those that can't get here during the day. And um, those are some of our bus- busiest times. Yeah. It sounds like you have a, a really great program for school age kids, the Jetpack program. Yeah, yeah. Hillary, you want to talk about the Jetpack? Because sure, I know absolutely. that's been your passion recently. Yeah, I really love the Jetpack program. So basically, um, we provide Jetpacks. We partner with um, schools. I believe we're actually partnering with 18 schools. Yeah, right it's now. 18 in Murray County. So 18 out of the 21 Murray County schools and 10 in Williamson. So actually 28 now. Oh, wow. So yeah. <laughs> We have about 1,100 kids. Um, we partner with these schools, and we kind of get a head count from the schools of which kids are in need. You know, they give us a count. Um, this year, we actually went up to 1,400 students. Wow. So these jetpacks are sent home with these students on Friday afternoons, and they're not in. They're in like a discreet. Um, packaging like a little sash bag and they're all different colors so it's not you know it's really important to us that we keep dignity in check even for you know our students so that way they don't have to feel like they're singled out or like they're strange if they're getting on the bus they have this extra you know food bag but they're excited about these bags you know they're colorful bags they're happy to get them they don't feel ashamed but these bags contain four meals um and snacks for the entire weekend. So a lot of these kids are going home uh, to families who just don't have the resources maybe to have meals. You know, what I see oftentimes, and I saw this where I'm from in West Tennessee too, you see a lot of kids like eating um, potato chips if they can find them or just run into the gas station or a friend's house. The nutrition is not there. Um, So this is a way for us to help supplement their nutritional needs um, and also provide dignity along the way. Now these jet packs that cost about $225 per jet pack, I'm sorry, per year for one kid. So um, we have people that sponsor and donate, you know, we have churches that may sponsor 50 kids or 100 kids or we have individuals that'll come in to say hey i can sponsor three kids but for 225 dollars you can sponsor that child for the entire school year with our jetpack program so that's been really cool and that's been a fun thing to to see you're right for sure and i guess you know it's always people are always like who are you serving it doesn't seem like these there's these children where we live in williamson county or you know murray county but these are the um, the children that are going to our local mm-hmm. schools that are maybe getting a free breakfast and lunch at school. And when they go home over the weekend, there's no food in their pantry. Um, a lot of the communities we serve, actually, there's no grocery store where they live, too. And so it's a really serious need. I always talk about you and I, Hillary and mm-hmm. Steve, we can advocate for ourselves. We're adults. We can get another job. You know, we can do some other things. But children don't always have those choices and especially in communities where there's not a grocery store how will they get food and so this is meant to support children over the weekend if you don't mind I'd like to tell that story about we had that principal come um, as part of our jetpack appreciation dinner and she was talking about the students because once again people say who are you feeding I don't think there's anyone at my kids school and I always tell them at your child's lunch table we are probably feeding someone with jetpacks but this uh, principal was saying to us, she wanted to just stress the importance that this is not supplemental food. 
this is actually essential food. Sometimes it's the only food they'll be getting over the weekends. And she told the story of a mother who came in um, picking up her homework for her child who'd been out for the last two days. He was going to miss Friday as well. And she went to the principal's office just tearful and really upset because she was afraid that her child, since he wasn't going to be there on Friday, wouldn't get the jetpack. And she explained, this is the only food he's going to have if he doesn't get it. And of course, we gave him a jetpack, but um, a little bit different than what most people think of the need in our community. There is real need here. I don't know if you saw the statistic yeah. that came out in this last week. Um, child poverty is the highest it's been since 2009. All those COVID programs helped with some relief. Mm -hmm. Those have all been abated now. And um, I mean, 2009. So we're right back there again. Yeah. Something else I really love about our Jetpack program is we're not finding um, these Jetpacks left on the school bus. We're not finding, you know, the kids, what we put in these Jetpacks, they're things that they'll really eat. It's not like we're sending home cans of green peas because who, as a child, loved green peas? Oh. Like, not many people. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it could be applesauce. There um, is macaroni in there. There are, you know, different proteins and different things that – you know, we want them to feel empowered and we want them to enjoy the food that we're giving them um, so that they actually eat it and it doesn't go to waste. Yeah. And who helps put all those jetpacks together? Well, you know, it's a beautiful program and one that I inherited when I started. Um, but we have a saying at the well, it takes a community to feed a community. And that came out as a result of a small staff growing to a larger staff and trying to do uh, big work here. But how we set up the Jetpack program is we go and identify a school in need. Then we go and advocate for that school and try to raise funding. So we try to find a community partner. Some of our local partners um, include Groove Life. They actually sponsor five local schools, Republic Bank, Southern Springs here locally. Almost any church that you're aware of here in our community is a partner, Station Hill, uh, Wellspring. And so all of those organizations help us fund it. And then they also send serving groups here to the well. Um, they pack the bags. It's a great time. We play fun music. And um, then they often help us deliver it to the school, too. So it's this beautiful circle of the school, the community partner, and the well all together, a community feeding a community. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you take the show on the road, don't you? You've got the mobile pantry. We do. Have you been to a mobile food pantry? I have not. Okay, we need to get you to go there. It's really We have one this Saturday, just so you know. <laughs> I'm just, so the mobile food pantries, we do about 13 to 15 of those a year. And what that is, it is an opportunity for the well to go to other areas where maybe people can't travel all the way here. We have found out in the last couple of years, I want to go back to those serving numbers, but we have found out that people are traveling as far as 45 minutes to an hour to get food here. But there's some communities where there is low transportation. Mm -hmm. um, and so what we do at the mobile food pantries, we partner with Second Harvest Food Bank. Um, I'm gonna let you talk about next year if that's okay, but um, yeah. we partner with the um, Second Harvest Food Bank um, and it's $3,000 for uh, 25,000 pounds of food. We go and we have them at local communities that you know, Spring Hill High School, Columbia Central, and Mount Pleasant Middle. And um, we partner with a sister organization that will send you know, 80 to 100 volunteers. And we do a drive-through. And so our guests, some of them get there at 1.30 in the morning, 4.30 in the morning waiting for food. We usually serve at nine. So they're waiting four and seven hours for food. And then they drive through and we load their food with all kinds of produce um, food. Uh, we usually serve between 250 and 300 families in about two hours. 
And then we have some maybe next year too. Yeah, we do. We're actually going to do um, 13 to 15 is what we're projecting for mobile food pantries next year. Um, I do love this. When we have our volunteers come, oftentimes it may be a church group or a business. You know, we have lots of local businesses that want to use this as a service opportunity for their business. So they'll sponsor this. And, and a, you may have just said this, Shelly, it's about $3,000 for 25,000 pounds of food. Um, watching the community come together to serve at these is amazing. They'll bring their kids. Now, I've seen kids that are five years old picking up big, you know, boxes of macaroni or last week it was watermelon you know things um to build a load into the vehicles or pass to the next person loaded in there to the kids are the sweetest to me when i watch them serve because it, we all start to think more like a child when we're out there serving together and working together but watching the kids face like they're so proud they're so excited about what they're doing um it's been hot this summer and we've all been hot after these mobile food pantries and these kids still want to keep doing it you know like they don't want to give oh, up awesome. it's really sweet to watch and then to also see the people coming in to receive the food the look of gratitude on their faces oh, for sure there is no better i mean and like shelly said we're getting up early we're getting out there we're getting started but there there's already people there you know waiting to make hundreds sure. of cars yeah I mean, yeah i would say um I think our last one, we did 272 cars. So 272. Which is actually more, because you can have multiple families yes. in the same car. So because yeah. there are transportation issues in some of the places that we serve, so you may have one family coming in and picking up for two families or three families. So um, it's, it's just a pretty miraculous thing to watch. Um, and it's been really cool. What I thought when I first started was, oh, my gosh, we're never going to have enough people volunteering to meet all of these needs. God provides all the time. Like, it is overwhelming. Um, we've had such good luck with having volunteers. I have not been to a mobile food pantry so far this year that the volunteers weren't amazing. My husband actually got to volunteer before I did in a mobile food pantry. And the way that that changed his entire outlook, you know, was just amazing. He came home all excited. I mean, and, and I will say my husband's a financial planner, so he's very um, financially savvy and he likes to hold on to his money and, you know, we invest it, we save it. The man was literally, he was so joyful, you know, after this mobile food pantry, he's at Walmart and the Boy Scouts are, you know, having a fundraiser and he's giving them money. I mean, it is, they say it's it's a true blessing to give. It's it's you're more blessed to give than receive, and that has been my personal experience. And I know for my husband too. Um, it's just been really cool to watch. Yeah, you're right. Um, we can't do it here without our volunteers. On any given day, we're open uh, five days a week here, uh, Tuesday through Saturday. We will have anywhere from sixty to seventy volunteers a day. Uh, just yesterday, we had. 34 managers from all the public stores across Nashville. They came in and served together as a team. Mm -hmm. And so um, lots and lots of serving opportunities, um, lots of hearts and hands. Um, one quick uh, shout out, if I can, real quick about um, volunteers. If you do want to volunteer at the well, uh, we offer our walk-up tour, which is my favorite thing because there's no commitment. Come when you can. It's every Wednesday at either 2.30 or 5. It's going to take about 30 minutes. 
Um, we'll go and give you a tour of the well, explain a little bit of the work we do, some of the roles. And then um, we have an app that we'll put on your phone. And so you go home with the, the Be Well Connected app on your phone, and then you can just check it when you have time. So at the beginning of a week, you can say, I might have three hours. Are there any chefs? And you can sign up. So it's really easy to do. And like you said, um, 15 euros and up by yourself um, and um, anybody from usually 15 to about 85. Actually, our oldest volunteer, I think, is 91. And I think it's we've got to shout out to that person. Who is that? I know. His name is Daniel. So, yes, he's, Daniel. he does a great job. Thanks, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, so there's something called Our Chance. Yes, yes, we talked about So thank you, all these pillars. So we have our food pantry. We talked about the mobile food pantry. We talked about the Jetpack program. And uh, for years and years, like I said, we are a 17-year-old organization. Uh, but for years and years, we were just a relief organization because it takes an organization with a really deep infrastructure. And quite frankly, we've just been trying to keep up with serving numbers. But in the last couple of years, we'd always had a dream. People would say, thank you for doing this work, but what are you doing to try to affect change? And so we had an opportunity. We were invited in by the COO of Second Harvest and also um, the CEO of the Martha O'Brien Center in downtown Nashville, which, by the way, is Nashville's longest standing nonprofit. And um, they uh, applied for one of Governor Lee's seven TANF grants. They were $25 million grants. It was a big would we be able to get a $25 million grant? But uh, the Martha O'Brien Center came up with the Our Chance program. It's an, um, an organization of uh, seven counties, 32 organizations like the Well coming together to try to move people out of poverty. And we do it through family coaching here at the Well by providing access and resources um, and also helping people navigate what's called the Benefits Cliff. Have you heard of that? I have not. The Benefits Cliff is... Um, when a family who's on government assistance tries to get a better job or they work extra hours and they actually get dinged because their income goes up just slightly and so they would lose like their food stamps or they would lose their child assistance. So there's no incentive to try to move forward. Yeah. And so this program um, has come up with a benefits fit benefits cliff uh, calculator, which helps them when they're going down into those cliffs that we offer them additional resources education, employment, training, things like that, and someone to walk alongside them. Um, when we were looking at doing this program, we did focus groups here in our area. And the two things that we found out, why families that are in this situation don't change their lives. The first one was access to resources. Uh, not everybody has the same resources we do. You know what I mean? And the second one was just hope. Families or individuals just didn't have hope. They were doing what their parents had done. This is how they knew their life was going to be, and they didn't have any idea of hope. And so this wonderful um, Our Chance program helps to try to move people out of poverty. You have some upcoming events happening in the community and for you all as well. We Talk do. We do. We have the John Mayer Builder Whole Hog Festival Saturday, October 7th. It's at Historic Oaklawn Mansion here in Spring Hill. It's off of Kedron Road. Um, it's a 17-year-old event also, an opportunity to bring what I would say the well to the community, the community to the well, to invite others into our story. But it's also Spring Hill's largest festival. Last year we had 7,000 attendees, not pilgrimage, but we're getting there in Spring Hill. <laughs> and um, it's a day-long uh, music festival. We have six different music, live music uh, groups. 
We have a 40 uh, booth craft fair. We have an antique tractor show. We have a petting zoo. We have a children's circus. Um, we have a foam pit. Um, we have a huge kid zone with all free activities. And then the bacon, we got to talk about the bacon. We have a bacon eating contest sponsored by Big uh, Bad Breakfast and Kroger's. We have a hog calling contest. There's a lot of fun things to do. A bacon eating contest. Yeah. So this happens every year. It Well, this is going to be our second annual uh, bacon eating contest. We've always done the hog calling contest. Okay. Um, so it's a fun day. It's lots really of music. Fun. Yeah. We have lots of music that day. We have someone walk around in a bacon costume. I won't mention who that is. <laughs> None of us here. Um, it is a lot of fun. It's great. I mean, I think it's for kids, adults, families, senior citizens. And so, and it's a way for... Um, everyone to give back to contribute to the cause of feeding our neighbors in need. So back to the uh, bacon eating um, <laughs> last year. So that was your first, who won? Well, you don't have to say who won, but how did they win? How much? Well, bacon I think it was 10 percent? or 12 pieces of bacon. That's it. We actually have to be kind of careful with bacon. I don't know. Bacon is more difficult to eat than you think. Cause it's kind of dry in your throat. Okay. And so, so um, what are the rules? Can it's you just, just whoever can eat it the fastest and no, no li liquids, no beverages. No, there was liquids there. Okay. What's yeah. the time frame? I, is it like 60 seconds? No, it's just whoever can get through their bacon the first okay. is the one that wins. Okay. And so, so um, you have a set amount of bacon. Yes. And it's a rate. Okay. Yeah, Steve, fine. I feel like you're one to uh -oh. maybe enter the contest. I mean, it's bacon. I know. <laughs> Who can't eat a bunch of bacon? Yeah. <laughs> and I hear you have a gala coming up in February. We do. Thank you for asking about that. You know, as with any nonprofit, we need fundraisers to raise funding to support this work and especially to support the growth of the work. And so we have three main fundraisers each year. The Whole Hog Festival is one. It's always in the fall, always the first or second weekend of October. Um, we have just started our um, Run for Hunger, which is always on July 4th. It's a 5K race and a fun, a foam race that's really fun. And then um, and this February upcoming, we will be doing our gala, which is a sit-down dinner um, and we have the opportunity to partner with Worldwide Stages here in Spring Hill, which is just a beautiful, beautiful venue, I'm hoping to bring in about 800 um, participants. And then we have a special host. Uh, we have special um, music artists that night, uh, Michael W. Smith, and then also Helen Smallbone, who is the mother of Joel and Luke Smallbone of For King and Country. And they're going to talk about when they came to America, um, how they started off here and they had to go to food pantries. And this is probably the number one Christian artist in the nation. Their movie, um, Unsung Hero, will be coming out in April and she'll be premiering it here at our gala. Oh, great. Yes. Great. Can you get tickets now or are they going to go? I think uh, after we get through Whole Hog in okay. about three weeks. Yeah, we put get, through that. Out. Get, get through that and the, the dude who eats all the bacon. Or the <laughs> uh, okay, so some very exciting news to report. Um, Mount Pleasant looks to be getting another one of your pantries. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Well, as little as three or four years ago, the well was serving between 150 and 200 families a month through our food pantry. Last month, we fed 1,300 families in one month. And so we never thought we'd outgrow this 7,000 square foot building. This was like, you know... The, the very best thing that yeah. we were going to get to. But the need is just so real in our community. Coming off of COVID, we thought COVID was going to be our biggest years. It wasn't. Uh, with the, you know, the rising gas costs last year, the, the expensive costs of groceries, where we are right now, all of us as we go to the grocery store, um, like we said, child poverty. Um, we are seeing record high 
levels of families in need. And so we're quite frankly outgrowing this space. I always joke with our board and say we're going to start serving people on the roof, but we served 100 families yesterday in one day, um, comparing that to the 150 or 200 families a month four years ago. Um, and so we have just signed a lease. I'm really excited to go down to Mount Pleasant where we'll be able to serve the communities of Columbia, Mount Pleasant, Hohenwald, Hampshire, Kolioka, all of those communities down there in Southern Murray County. Uh, it's a 16,000 square foot building. Um, we want a half million dollar grant, which is gonna equip us to do everything on the inside. We're just now trying to raise money for food, which is about half a million dollars, pay for rent about $120,000. And we're hoping to open in probably about January. And so it'll give us opportunity to feed um, at a different level. That's wonderful news. Now, the stories that are coming out of this place, Hillary had a great story about your husband who, you know, went to a mobile food pantry and now he is like, how do I get involved more here? You know, can you talk about, both of you might have some stories, one story or two stories or however many stories you want to do. I mean, there's no time limit on this. Of people you served and how it changed their lives. Yeah, we have one um, guest that was a single mother that came through here. Um, she'd gone through divorce working an hourly wage, trying to support her child, trying to do the tough stuff, got a job in Publix, trying to learn a craft or a skill, and she just couldn't make it. She couldn't make it, and so she came to the well for food. Um, we're very glad to serve her. Her name is Candy. And three years later at our gala last year, she has started her own in-home bakery and um, Candy's Cupcakery. And so it's always wonderful to see a story of someone moving out of that situation. We also partner with Global One Rescue, which is helping survivors of sexual trafficking. Um, the first place they go after they leave the hospital is to start a new life in a safe house. And they come to the well, the very first place, and get food for their pantry. And so there's a lot of those stories, grandparents raising their grandchildren, you know, people on fixed incomes who have nowhere else to turn. Uh, of course, our um, GM strike that we helped three years ago, that's kind of preeminent right now, possibly going to happen again. But lots and lots of families in need, um, usually in a time of crisis. Um, For me personally, I, I just love seeing the expression on the people's faces that we are serving. Um, I feel like this food pantry is so different from what people may think. Um, when they think about other food pantries or they've been in other food pantries, I love seeing they can relax and they can feel loved and they can feel taken in and they can feel heard and they can feel seen and they can feel like somebody's here to walk this journey with them and help them get through it. Um, it's so much more than just handing somebody a bag of groceries. If somebody wants to be able to contact you all, uh, whether it's being a volunteer for um, support, financial support, how do they get involved and who do they contact? Yes, probably the best way is just to go to our website. We had to change it from springhillwell.org, by the way, because we're now going to be in multiple cities. So our new website is uh, thewelloutreach.org. Um, that will have general information about the programs we offer if you're in need. And we always say, please share the programs because there are others in need that don't know about us. Um, as far as volunteering, you can come once again on Wednesdays at 2.30 or 5.00. Um, and then also on our website, we'll have a list of our top 10 food items that we need. 
um, and also a way to donate. We cannot do this without the support of our community. It costs $30 to feed a family in need. You can understand if uh, three or four months ago we were feeding 800 families in need, and now we're at 1,300. Uh, it's about 500 additional families a month. And so we really need support to do this work. $30 a month you can feed a family with a week's worth of groceries. Um, and so the need is very real, and also the need for support is real so that we can continue to do this work. Well, thank you so much for joining me, inviting me down here, showing me around, giving me the tour. You all are doing wonderful work. The community is doing great work, and it's definitely God's work. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so thank much. Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode of Prices Highway, the podcast. If you want to engage with thousands of your friends and neighbors, join Prices Highway, the Facebook group right now at facebook.com groups slash Prices Highway. There's also a link to the Well Outreach website that we just talked about in the show notes. So if you'd like to volunteer, donate, or just learn more about this local food ministry, click on that and go there. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, buckle up and stay safe out there, folks.